Welcome in everyone to a live edition of 410 Sports Talk. I'm Glenn Martin here with my co-host James Haskell and DK will of course be joining us here in just a little bit. Uh, we got a big show for you guys tonight with all the the talk of the uh, the salary cap and the unexpected hike. I mean, it, it certainly jumped up more than most projections were having it. So we wanted to have someone on who can help break it down because Jimbo, last time we did a, a talk about uh, how the Ravens create can create additional cap space. I mean, you remember in the pre in the pre show, I I'm staring at this stuff like it's Egyptian on my screen, Jimbo. So I'm thankful. That we have a, a someone who can who can get into the numbers and help a, a dummy like myself understand exactly what the cap space is looking like. Uh, but Jimbo, how are you? And tell the folks where you're at. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I'm driving home from a work event, so I appreciate uh, the flexibility here with you guys hanging out with me. As you know, I've been on the road before, uh, but uh, we're excited. I'm super excited uh, to have this conversation. The other thing I want to say too, Glenn, just to your point. You know, a great philosopher said once, the only thing that I know is that I know nothing. And so based on that, we thought it was important to bring somebody in who knows this stuff inside and out, front and back, way better than us, uh, and really be able to spitball our ideas, conclusions, our, you know, the things that we deduce from what we see and see if they make sense, you know, and, and understand what the Ravens might be thinking, kind of peel the curtain back a little bit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I'm really excited about this one. No doubt. And without further ado, we're going to invite our guest in here, uh, a gentleman by the name of Dan Reese, who calls himself an aspiring football data analyst. But tonight, we're going to call him our cap expert. Hey, uh, so without further ado, aspiring welcome to nothing. the show. You are the expert tonight, my man. <laughs> That's right, Dan. <laughs> All right. Dan, Sounds thanks, good, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Uh, I know, you know everyone's time is valuable, so thank you for – spending some time with us and, and helping, you know, make Ravens fans a little bit smarter. Um, so I guess where we'll start is a lot of, there's a lot of confusion because when people saw the number jump from up to 255, when the expected number, at least a lot of the, a lot of the capologists were, were kind of putting their, they were putting their, their, their guesses on 245 as like a safe guess when they were trying to predict what it would jump to. It jumps to 255. So what does that jump mean for the Ravens? Uh, I mean, I know it's not just the Ravens getting that jump. Of course, it's the entire NFL. So so what does the, the cap being put at 255 mean for the Ravens, and how much space do they have as it's currently constructed? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, excited to be here, guys, to talk about this first off. And, um, you know, with the 255, that was a big thing, uh, especially for Ravens fans. You know, uh, Ravens are – in the bottom portion of the league as far as cap goes and, and cap situations. So um, that extra 10 million was, was really big for, for those teams, including the Ravens. Um, it, it, it benefits them more so than teams with, with additional cap and, and cap room, right? You can only spend so much. So, so it's really big for, for a team like the Ravens, which is kind of on the edge and going to have some tough decisions. So um, what I will say overall is that they're in a, they're going to have some tough decisions this off season. They're going to, they're going to, you know, have to make, have some choices to make and uh, you know, and, and we'll see kind of where they want to put their cap, put their money. And, and that'll tell us a lot about what they're thinking this year and in, in future years. Um, so as far as where things stand right now uh, with the, with the 2024 cap of, of 255.4 million, um, we're still a little bit, 
guessing right now where things stand because the official numbers for 2024 on the kind of the cost side hasn't come out yet. Um, and including some of the numbers about what's rolling over from 2023. So there's there's a few things that happen in 2023, like if you have an extra cap left over or if there's the incentives and uh, whether they were met or not, right? There, you know, there were a number of players on the Ravens that had uh, incentives in 2023 that if they were met, they're going to have a an impact on the cap. So you'll see a couple different numbers depending on the site that you look at. So if you look at Over the Cap, which is a great resource for all things cap, uh, they've got the number at $16.6 million right now uh, for the Ravens. Um, based on what, what I think and the other numbers I've seen, I think it's probably closer to like $11.8 million. Uh, those numbers are kind of based off of what I've looked at, plus what uh, Brian McFarland, which is uh, he goes by Raven Salary Cap on Twitter uh, and, and works over at Russell Street. A great follow as far as far as salary cap goes as well. Um, and, and the 11.8 versus the 16.6, the biggest difference is those $4 million in incentives that uh, over the cap hasn't hasn't reflected yet. So uh, so I think we know those are, are pretty likely to hit based off of the numbers from 2023. Uh, so it's really, I think, looking at the 11.8 million is the, the best, best place to start with right now. So 11 million. So is that... So the the success of what they did last year that that impacts the cap for this upcoming year based on those incentives. Yeah, actually, so you can have two different types of incentives, and we'll get down into the weeds kind of right away. And you have uh, either likely to be earned or not likely to be earned incentives. If if you're likely to be earned, which is means you kind of met that number already, so you, likely to be earned versus non like not likely to be earned is based off of whether you hit that stat the year before. So say it was 10, 10 touchdowns and OBJ only had eight the year before. So that would not be a not likely to be earned. So the incentive would not hit the 2023 cap, but if he did hit it, you would have to kind of do a reconciliation and and adjust the 2024 to reflect that. So wow. um, so the, it kind of is a, a, a little bit complex with the, the incentives, but there's an adjustment basically between 2023 and 2024 to kind of reflect the um, the performance of, of players on incentives. So, uh, and I think that that's looking like four million dollars right now. So, now I, I want to get. I appreciate the explanation, but I do want to ask about some uh, player specific stuff. I have some general questions as well, but I can't wait. I'm not a very patient man. We have had some uh, discussion and disagreement. I wouldn't say disagreement. Some discussions on what the Ravens should do with, and everyone's talking about it, what they should do with Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, uh, obviously his 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 number is a predicament to say the least. My question is, if you are counseling the front office, you're sitting down with Eric, from a cap salary perspective, or from a salary cap expe- expe- uh, perspective, excuse me, what, how are you handling this situation? Yeah, he's a really tough one. Uh, I think I, I heard you guys talk about it a, a couple episodes ago. You know, the, the $15 million is really the, the what I would say is the important number to focus on. And that's the additional cash that the team is spending for this year. Like he has a lot, much larger cap number than that. But a lot of that cap, cap number is money that was already spent and 
it's gone. Like no matter what you do with him, it's gone. It's going to hit your caps, either cap number either this year or next year. So the thing is to focus on is $15 million. So will he play up to a level of $15 million or not? That's kind of iffy right now. Like I would say he's right on the fence based off of, you know, how he played at the end of the year and his health concerns, things like that. So uh, unfortunately, the left tackle market isn't great right now as far as free agents go. There's not a ton out there. So if you cut him and got that $15 million to spend, um, I'm not sure that there's a better replacement out there that you could get for that. Um, and, you know, I think we, you guys have had Cole on and he's a, you know, talked a number of times that it's really hard to get a left tackle to start year one. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I really think they're stuck a little bit between a rock and a hard place and don't have a great option. So what I would do is stick with him this year, I think, and get a succession plan as quickly as you can in this draft um, and, and know that next year um, he's, he's likely not going to be around um, because his cap in, continues to increase. So, I think this year, unfortunately, you're kind of stuck. Um, but, you know, they, they may see something differently behind the scenes, but that's kind of where I would land. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to follow think... that up if that's all right, Glenn. Yeah. Go ahead, Jimbo. What's what you got? Uh, sorry. Just, I, I, I had one more player specific. I know we'll get to other players specific ones, but if I understand correctly about Marlon Humphrey's contract and kind of how it is right now, I, I mentioned this before. Other people have been talking, talking about him being a, a potential cap casualty and, them parting ways with him and things like that. Uh, I, I don't agree with that. I think there's value there. He's only 27. I think he's shown in the past he, he can play to an upper echelon type level, and he generally is healthy. But the way that – if I understand his 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 contract right, if they do nothing and stand pat, it's almost like they're signaling this could potentially be it if there's no upcoming restructure because after that they're kind of off the hook for the chunk of the money – at this point, uh, am, am I right in, in understanding that? And what you know, how do you see Marlin's situation from your your standpoint? Yeah, so I think this year is the last year where it's it's harder to make a move uh, for Marlin, um, and, and next year it becomes more important and easier like discussion point. So this year, he's again looking at the new new costs like the new cash it's just under 12 million dollars and that's um you know that's the the amount of money that if you cut him and look at like we, we focus on cap a lot right but really it's a lot of it is cash and the cap is just the financial accounting of how to do that it's just kind of games behind the you know of, of how to how to allocate that cash but the real thing you know they're talking about is 12 million dollars basically of cash that they're paying him this year Next year, that jumps to $18 million of cash. So that's a that's a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. So this year, I would say it's hard to replace him for that $12 million of cash with a free agent. Um, and you're already kind of iffy with the depth at cornerback this year. Uh, Brandon Stevens had a great year. But, you know, beyond that, it, it gets uh, pretty, pretty thin pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't think this is the year to do it, uh, to make any sort of move. Uh, what I do think is that they he could be a candidate for a restructure. And what, we'll get into this a little bit later, but talking about it now a bit, is that what a restructure is is just a, a way of uh, changing the way you classify the payment, uh, whether it's a kind of a bi-weekly uh, salary to instead turning it into a one-time payment, which you can treat differently for cap purposes. So it's no difference in the amount you're paying him. It's just how you're paying it. And the classification of that 
which then leads to different accounting. So uh, what I could see is them doing a restructure of some of that uh, $11.75 million and, and turning that into kind of a bonus that you can then uh, spread across future years to gain some cap space this year. So, gotcha. gotcha. Cool. Yeah. No, and those all right, are, Glenn, I'll let you get to it. My bad. That's all good. So, those are two of the three biggest cap hits on the season. I mean, on the team. And of course, Lamar leading the way. One thing I, I, I want to quickly get a little bit of an explanation on is how do the void years work, Dan? We saw uh obj get signed to a massive deal but then they they were able to soften some of the some of the cap hits by adding void years so how, how exactly does the void years work dan yes yeah, so that kind of ties into the restructure a bit um and it kind of goes with the the cap mechanism so you know there's different types of salary and how it's paid so there's the base salary and then there's bonuses uh are, are kind of the main classifications uh base salary you have to reflect that the amount you're paying in the same year's cap. So like if you're paid $10 million in base salary, uh, so you're paid that weekly um, per game, and that $10 million would have to hit the 2024 salary cap. Um, alternatively, if you are paid the $10 million as a bonus, whether it's a signing bonus or an option bonus, which is kind of just like a signing bonus, but not the first year, um, then you can spread that across multiple years of cap and you can spread that across up to five years the the lesser of five years and the length of the contract so if you looked at odell beckham when he was originally just signed for one year and you give him a, a signing bonus of 10 million dollars with the with the contract of only one year you're only spread allowed to spread that over one year so that doesn't actually give you any benefit but what you can do is you can add four fake years, which are called void years, at the end of the contract so that you can spread that $10 million across those five years. So you're now having $2 million for five years in a row. Um, but then what happens is after the year is over, when you know 2023 is over and you get to 2024 and you reach the void year, there's a clause in the contract that says, you know, just kidding, this wasn't a real year. Uh, you're cut and you're, you're no longer on the team. And as soon as anyone's cut from the team, any future cap hits accelerate up. So wow. say, say again, the $10 million in 2023. So that's going to be 2 million in 2023, 2 million in 24, 25, 26, 27. So as soon as you get to 24 and he's cut, now you accelerate from 24 through 27 you accelerate all four of those years into 2024, and that would would normally have been eight million dollars. So that's kind of the the general idea of um, kind of how bonuses are are, are, calc are accounted for on the cap. They're spread across the up to five years, uh, the length of the contract, and um, you add the void years to extend the length of the contract when the contract is normally shorter than that. Um, Gotcha. The last kind of complication, which you probably have heard, is the pre-June 1st or post-June 1st cut. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had said that if you were cut, everything accelerates to this year. The exception of that is if you're cut post-June 1st or designated as a post-June 1st, then it doesn't accelerate to this year. It accelerates to the following year. So that's so with OBJ, they, you know, they're... They've got their $2 million in 2023, $2 million in 2024, and he's going to be a post-June 1st, so the remaining $6 million is going to hit in uh, 2025. 
uh, you know, I just made those numbers up, they're not real, but that's the concept is that the remaining years uh, will kind of accelerate into the following year um, if it's a gotcha. post June June 1st. And and is it correct that you can only have, what is it, two post June 1 cuts? Yeah, two. Yep. Gotcha. So, okay. so Odell's going to be one for sure, uh, yeah. just the, based off on the way that they, they set up this contract. That he was originally a one-year deal, and it was going to all hit 2024. And then they did send a, kind of a little game again and uh, put in a fake year um, for 2024. And he's going to be cut in 2024, and it'll allow it to be a post-June 1st. So, um, you know, so... They, they got a, a bunch of games and things like that they can play with the cap just to make it kind of complicated. But um, but he'll be a post-June 1st. And um, the other big one that, that would be possible is probably Ronnie is the other one um, that would, would make more most sense. So, yeah. Yeah, I got you. And now it when you look at the at the at the team right now and who's currently under contract, who can you single out uh, maybe a player or a couple players that you think? Are the most likely to be cap casualties for the Ravens to create additional space? Do you yeah, have sure. like a couple guys? Okay. Well, so so Tyus Bowser is the first one. That's yeah. that's a pretty clear one. Uh, no idea what's going on or what happened with him last year. What a mess! Uh, but that's a you yeah. know five point five million dollars that um, you know hard to see them reconciling whatever that whatever went on beyond behind the scenes. So you know that's five point five million, which is a, a pretty large chunk. Yeah, uh, which would be really nice this year. Um, after that, uh, you know, the perennial name that's always thrown out there is Patrick Ricard. You know, that's a uh, $4 million. Um, I, I don't know that I, I can see that happening. I think they like Patrick Ricard a lot more than maybe the fan base or some of the fan base does, um, or, or value him as much. Um, uh, I could see him getting a pay cut or kind of an adjustment of some sort because the $4 million is quite a bit. Um, you know, you, you could see Morgan Moses as well. I really didn't think I would see him. I think he played pretty well last year. Um, but the $5.5 million you would get for cutting him uh, would go a long way as well. Um, and I think at some point they're going to have to rely on their younger younger talent, whether that's, um, you know, whether that's Falele or Makari at, um, uh, at right tackle or someone that they draft. So they're going to have to make tough choices some sometime. Um, but, uh, but I do think that, um, you know, so they're going to have to make some tough choices. And I think, you know, Morgan Moses may be one of those. Um, I, mm. I don't really see Ronnie Stanley, like I talked about before, um, justice Hill, maybe, but I think he, you know, they don't have any other running backs on the team yeah. right now. <laughs> so it's pretty one. hard to make that move. Um, you know, Patrick McCary, maybe, but I, again, I think he's too versatile. So I don't think that one. So there really aren't a ton of great op- or great options, which is you know, good and bad. So, um, but I, I think I would say Bowser and uh, and and then Moses and Ricard are the the two after that. Now, one of the other things I was curious to know about was the the impact of the Justin Metabike. I won't call it a saga. It hasn't gotten to be saga level yet, right? But certainly a, uh, an impasse that the Ravens and him are at um, because. If I understand it correctly, that if they tag him all that money, because basically a one-year deal, right? All that money is going to hit this year, right? And and if if I understand correctly, at least as a stand today for the Ravens, they simply would not be able to make the math work. Um, so, 
do you, I, I guess really my question is, how do you see this thing playing out? Do you see the Ravens, do they have enough moves that they can make if they want him on the tag? Uh, or are they at a point where the tag is just too tremendous that they've either got to come to a deal or let him walk? How do you see this thing going? Yeah, great question. Yeah, I think that's going to be the first thing we see. It's going to be a huge thing that that'll happen. You know, we're we're in the franchise franchise tag window right now. It goes between uh, the twentieth until March fifth. So oh, well, we won't know anything till March fifth at four p.m. Right? Right. That's how the Ravens well, Cincinnati already told us. You know, one. You know, they let, they let theirs go, mm-hmm. but I don't think the Ravens are going to you know announce early uh, what they're doing. Gosh. So uh, so I, I'd be patient with them, but. You know, the tag for, for Justin Matabike is uh, $22.1 million, uh, which is a, a large chunk of change. And you, you're spot on where if you tag him, you've got you've to reflect all of that cap this year. So as I mentioned earlier, right now it's looking like 11.8 is the number that I had. So, we're, so the question is, where are you going to get the, the 11 million? Uh, we talked about a couple of things that you could do to cut. But one of the things that I think they can do right away, which is kind of a you know, it's, it's aggressive, but they're going to have to make these moves is to restructure some of Lamar Jackson's contract. Um, you know, he's not going anywhere. They, they're going to have to pay him. The cap's going to get huge in the future. Like just, just do it. Like it, 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 it's not going to change anything in the future of what your decision-making is with Lamar. So, uh, by restructuring him, you can save $11 million, uh, in, in this year's cap. So again, it's not, he's not, losing money he's not doing anything to save the team or anything like that so it's just a reclassification of how his he's being paid so instead of being paid you know weekly he's getting paid in a lump sum to start now right like if your boss came and told you i'm gonna pay you in a lump sum you're not sacrificing for the company you're just getting money up, up ahead so um so that's one thing i want to clarify is that and is that a choice but, does he have to agree to it or is this something the team can do and he just has to I mean, not that yeah, it's a, a little deal, bit, but, you know. It's a little bit hard to tell. Um, okay. It's in in many of the contracts now, as I understand it, that they're just kind of automatically able to do it. Okay. Um, so, and the other aspect is that it's really not, um, it's not detrimental to the player at all. It's actually right. advantageous because you got the money up ahead of time so you can get interest on it. So, you know, it, it is nice. So. Um, yeah, man, money's expensive these days. Give me that yeah. money now. That's right? Exactly. <laughs> so. Go, go ahead and give me that 11 million now. So I'd be all right with it. Um, so, you know, I, I think it, it depends is the answer. I, I don't know. It all depends on his contract, whether it's included in there, whether it's automatic or not, but it's pretty much, we very rarely see a player push back. And right. if they do is generally in order to kind of like get to the free agent market quicker. I think Tyreek Hill did it back in the day. Um, but Lamar's not, I don't think Lamar would, would do that. It wouldn't make much sense as far as trying to get a a good team around him. So, uh, so we've got the 11.8 million. You add in the 11 million from Lamar's restructure. You've got the 22 million that you need, uh, for just a matter of EK. So they can do it without too much. So, but then what they do is then they're in a rough shape as far as, uh, the rest of the off season and going into 24 goes. So, Leaving him on a tag would be really hard because they're, you know, between practice squad, in-season injury replacement, um, draft picks, things like that. Generally, you need like $15 million of additional money. So that's not even additional free agents or anything that they want to bring in. So you need to get back cap money. So what what you could be doing is tagging him in order to buy more time and then be able to extend him. 
But what, what they really need to do in order to be um, be able to have a good um, offseason for building the roster for 2024 is get to a place where they're extending him. Um, because if you're able to extend him, they can get the cap down to something like $10 million. Um, so it's a, even, even if they're paying $22 million, $23 million per year, the first year cap number would be around $10 million. That'd be kind of consistent with how they structured the Roquan deal. So, you know, that extra extra $12 million of cap space would go a long way towards the 2024 um, kind of in-season and off-season additional costs. So if they sign him, um, doing it with an extension would be really key. So, And, would that, and does that same uh, – you mentioned Lamar being – a, a candidate for a restructuring would the same be said for Roquan Smith? Yeah, there's a, there's a few players that you could restructure. Uh, Roquan would give you 3.6 million. Mark Andrews would give you around 5 million. Wow. Um, Marlon Humphreys would give you se- around 7.9. You know, some people balk at that a little bit because the, you know, he's getting older. He has had some off years and you kind of question whether you want to push further money. But at this point, they're kind of just going to have to do what they have to do in order to gain uh, cap space. Um, All of his money is going to be guaranteed anyway. So his full 2024 uh, salary is going to be guaranteed early in March. So it's not like you're um, locking in additional cash that, you know, he could, you know, become injured or whatever that you wouldn't have to pay him or something like that. So uh, so Marlon would be another like eight million. Marcus Williams is around seven million. And then Ronnie would be around seven million. So there are a number of players that they wow. could restructure and and get a um, you know get some more money, uh, get some more cap or cap, excuse me. So again, that's not saving any money. Is what it's doing is allocating some of the the money that they're paying this year into future cap. So it, it's kind of borrowing in the from the future. Now I know we want to talk about some guys that we we have that have hit the free agent market and what are possibilities of attaining them. But I do, before we ask that, I just want to ask one general question. What's your overall feeling, your optimism towards this year's salary cap situation that we're in, right? Are you optimistic that the Ravens will go through the hoops and the gymnastics to work it out to where we can still have the room to get the guys that we are hoping to get and retain the guys we're hoping to retain? Or do you feel less optimistic uh, based on the situation and and think maybe look we're we're kind of in handcuffs at this point we're not going to be able to do too much yeah i i think it's for me personally i'm probably closer to this second one though i'm kind of you know a little bit more conservative when it comes to some of these things but i think it really depends on where the ravens want to be you know they we talked about those restructures they have a lot of triggers where they can be aggressive and can create cap spaces uh cap space and they can, uh, when they structure those free agents like they did with Odell, they can be aggressive with how they structure those contracts where they don't actually have a very large 2024 cap hit. So it really comes down to what the Ravens themselves are, are feeling and how aggressive they want to be. Uh, there are a number of things they can do um, to, to create create space. It's just it's just how aggressive they want to play it. Um, in, the, in the past, they've been less aggressive. But 2023, we saw them be pretty aggressive. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to to see them um, go pretty aggressive in this offseason, make a number of restructures, and, and continue to kind of 
recognize not just the short window, but this is a, a key window uh, where you know you want to build a great team around Lamar, and you've got some some great guys around him. So I think they will be relatively aggressive, and they are in a, a decent spot. I think the number one challenge is with uh, Justin Matabike. Uh If they can't extend him, I really hope they don't just sit with a tag because if they do just that, then I think it really does handcuff them quite a bit in what they can do. So I think I think that will tell us a lot is where they land with him on what they're able to do. Yeah, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's it, like people just say, well, restructure them all, restructure them all. Well, that's that's to the detriment of future years, right? It's going to make future years tighter and more, and more difficult. And now one thing I will say is we've seen the early projections of what the 25 jump could be like in the cap. And those numbers are pretty substantial. So do you think the Ravens could bank on the fact that this is going to be another year where it takes a bigger than expected jump like it did this year and say, you know, we will go all in on these restructures and and just hope that 25's cap takes a similar big jump that it did this year? Yeah, I think it I think they likely will bank on that sum. I don't think that it's reasonable necessarily to to expect, you know, the extra $10 million. I think this is kind of a I wouldn't be surprised if it was a one-time deal kind of adjusting for kind of the previous down years for COVID and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but, you know, they do have the, the big TV contracts and everything like that. So there, there could be additional money in the future to, to lead leading to future large cap increases. So, um, so I, I think it will be interesting to see what they do. I, I don't think that they, and they already have spent money into 2025. So it's not like they just spent 2024's money. They've already spent 2025, 2026. Like mm. they have plenty of money they already spent ahead, right? So, um, so, so they've already spent some of that. You know, they've been pushing Lamar's numbers. They're pretty big. Roquan's numbers are pretty big next year or in 2025. So, um, so they already are pretty aggressive spending 2025's numbers. So I think they will they'll kind of play a balance uh, mm-hmm. and, and not not be too aggressive uh, because they've already kind of done that some. Yeah, no, that makes sense. OK, what's your Jimbo? take? Yeah, yeah. What's your take on the I don't it, I don't want to uh, give this to you unexpected this question. If you weren't if you're not I don't think we said this in the pre-show. So uh, if, if uh, prepare for it, that's totally fine. Uh, but I have a feeling you might be. Uh, basically you've been answering so i'm not too concerned about it but uh what's we just did a video on on saquon barkley or derrick henry and everyone's talking about josh jacobs it's a it's a running back heavy market Mm -hmm. with it being a running back heavy market one do you see the ravens making a run for a running back and is it it seems to me that it's kind of unfortunate for these guys that they're all kind of hitting it at the same time because in my mind it might suppress the market for them a little bit and that could be advantageous to the Ravens. So really my question is, see the Ravens using their sparing, re- you know, their, their seemingly sparing resources to go after a running back in free agency and making a splash there? Yeah, so I, I think you're you're spot on. And I think it's a, it's a buyer's market for sure with the, with the running backs. There are so many good running back free agents right now. There's, you know, I saw a list today, you know, 10, 15, big name. None of them are getting tagged. None That's of them crazy. are. crazy. Are, are going to be there. So, um, so I, I think a lot of that, you know, there's going to be a ton of options out there and not too many teams wanting to spend on running backs. You know, we've seen teams, you know, start 
uh, you know, trying to save that position. Uh, with the Ravens, what I think that they'll do is let the first wave or two go of running backs. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen that a number of times in other free agent periods where they'll let the first, you know, four sign with the, the top running back needy teams. And now they'll take the fit guy and pay mm-hmm. half the price and, and love it. You know, that's so that's what I would guess that they would do is wait for one of the top guys um, and, and wait till, you know, most of the running back needy teams have already taken someone and paid, you know, mm. kind of top of the market, uh, even even the depressed market. And and I would see that I could see them signing a medium to big name for uh, for a kind of lower, um, lower number. So, Dan, you're breaking everyone's heart. You're <laughs> yeah. breaking everyone's heart, Dan, because that means that we ain't getting Saquon. We ain't getting Jacobs and we ain't getting Barkley. King Henry is coming here for a discount, Jimbo. OK, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's happening. You never know. It's happening. Hey, Jimbo, I must say you've distracted a bit of the chat with uh, the fact Sorry. that somehow you were able to go through the tunnel and not lose service, and they're just blown hey, away. Shout out to Verizon, baby. There we go. <laughs> not sponsored, but can you hear me now? That's right. <laughs> Dr. Uncle Bob uh, says that, uh, yeah, you didn't miss a beat. So um, shout out to you Appreciate uh, it. For, for never losing signal. As we, we continue to talk to uh, Dan Reese, you guys can follow Dan Reese at D, DP Reese 8 on Twitter or X. Um, I don't know if we'll ever, you know, stop calling it Twitter. But um, uh, as we continue to talk to Dan here, and thank you, thank you again for spending some time with us. I, I know that Jimmy went to the free agent market, but I want to touch one more on one more um, free agent in-house to see if we can keep. I think yeah. everyone has loved the combination of Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, and and it seems like those two guys love playing with each other. Most assume that Patrick Queen has priced himself out of Baltimore. However, Eric DaCosta did kind of throw out there, well, there's the maybes and the ifs, and, and nothing is certain. Any avenue where you see the Ravens being able to re-sign uh, Patrick Queen? Nope. Dang. Nope, sorry. <laughs> Not nope. really. I... I don't. Um, maybe you could choose him over Justin Matabike, but I don't see that happening. Um, yeah, sounds like a bad idea, right? So, you know, if you look at PFF, um, uh, Brad does a great job over there at, at projecting contracts. So that's another place I would absolutely recommend. They've got him at $18 million per year. You're, you're not paying that in addition Woo. to the $20 million for Roquan. It's just, it'd be too hard yeah, no to pay you. two linebackers that much money. Dang, man. Well, all the Patrick Queen fans. Jimbo, look, hey, he's already got us blocked, Jimmy. So at least we don't have to worry about trying to get unblocked from the guy. He's going to be gone. So he can keep us blocked wherever he's playing linebacker. But uh, Jimmy mentioned the the, uh, the running back market, but I think wide receiver has been also a huge topic of conversation, even yeah. though, you know, I'm surprised because you look at the cupboard and it's, it's not bare like it's been in past years for the Ravens. They still have Rashad Bateman, still have Zay Flowers, among others. But never enough, Glenn. Never that, enough. That's right. Let, and let's not forget about the tight ends that are pretty darn good pass catchers, too. But big, big names are set to hit the market. Brandon Ayuk seems to be on the outs with San Fran. Mike Evans, who, I mean, I still remember when the guy was drafted. I love me some Mike Evans. Mike Williams, I think, from from uh, from L.A. might also be available. Of course, we saw T. Higgins is going to get the tag from Cincinnati. But it, it, any, any chance the Ravens could maybe be active enough to add a a number two level type ride receiver in free agency. Yeah, I think they could. Um, and I think the key with that would be if they're not signing Justin Matabike, 
I think that would be the, the thing. It would be very difficult to uh, sign him, whether it's a franchise tag or an extension to that large of a contract and then get a big wide receiver, right? W- which would also be probably 20 million plus per year. So, um, so I, I would have a, like, could they do it? Yes. Again, you know, you can, you can be aggressive and you can do it. Uh, the team can create a ton of cap space and sign a, a lot of players and push a lot of cap. So, Yes, you can make the math work. They can do it. Will they do it? I think that's less likely uh, unless they aren't signing uh, Justin Medivike, uh, whether it's because they didn't tag him or they tagged and traded him, whatever the case might be. Um, if they decided to go a different way, I could see their one big splash being in the wide receiver market. I could see that happening. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. $20 million. Man, the market... Every position is just so freaking expensive nowadays. I mean, dang, it's tough out there. So it looks like it's All like it's, it's Meta BK. Could it be either Meta BK or like a combination of two guys on the other side, like maybe Pat Queen and another guy? Or like I can see it doesn't look like it can be Meta BK and someone else, but could it be a combination of other two guys if Meta BK is not in the picture? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I think okay. you could do, you know, a probably a, a not a tier one wide receiver like you know mike evans is again projected for 23 million per year so <laughs> you know, it, he'd be hard to do him and somebody else right so uh but but could you do someone you know a little lower down maybe you know uh darnell mooney maybe you know nine million dollars uh gabe davis 12 million dollars something like that um so you could do one of those guys and then you know an edge um i again I don't see them signing Patrick Queen no matter what for eighteen million dollars. Yeah. I just I, I have a hard time seeing seeing them put that much money in, in the inside linebacker position. Period. Uh, unless his market is not there, which I don't think it will be. Um, which I, let me correct. I, I think there will be a market for him. Yeah. Will, it, will it get to eighteen million? I don't know, but I think he will have plenty of guys interested in him. So I don't think it, it will be a situation where he comes back to play for the Ravens for much cheaper. Um, so, but yeah. I do think you could see someone like a, an edge player, a decent, uh, you know, clowny for nine million or ten million, and yeah. someone like, uh, you know, King like Henry. So I could, I could see that being a move. Those two guys instead. So, what about King Henry and? Uh, He's, yeah, Glenn's King really clown. trying to manifest this. Look, man. Look, man. I want to see King Henry and Lamar Jackson in the same backfield. Okay, Jim Bell. I want to see it. I need to <laughs> see it. But you're telling me that uh, the clowny. Clowney wouldn't break the bank uh, because I think, I mean, the the career he had, I mean, the the year he had last year, career year for him, I think he'd like to come back. I think Ravens fans would like to see him back because if he's not, you're looking at an edge group that's led by Adafi Owe, but, you know, Ajabo after that, you don't know what you're getting out of this guy as he's had nothing but injuries since he's made it to the league. So it's clear they're going to have to address the edge group. What's, what's the difference between Clowney and Kyle Van Noy as you see it right now as far as a price tag? Yeah, it and again, uh, looking at what PFF has, they've got Clowney at nine million versus Kyle Van Noy is much further down at let's see at like three million. So wow. that's a pretty pretty significant difference. Um, I think it's a little bit, you know, Clowney's sack production, Clowney's run defense. I think is is pretty top notch as well. Um, I, I was surprised to see that Kyle Van Noy was that low. Um, you know, if, if, if his market's 3 million, sign me up, I'm, I'm right, right there for another year of Kyle Vinoy. Yeah. Um, 
But what Just I what chill I out with the personal is, with the fifteen yard penalties, Kyle. Chill out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, settle down with that. Yep. Um, but what I do think is that that the Ravens will be active in the veteran edge market for sure. You know, I think it it may be later in the off season, uh, like they like last year. But I do think um, they will find someone to supplement their edge uh, edge depth, whether it's you know Marcus Davenport, Kyle Van Noy. There's just a ton of edge players out there right now, veteran edge players that, um, and, and just like last year's offseason, those vets aren't in any hurry to sign. So they'll wait. So unfortunately, I think again, we're going to have to be patient with that one. And our edge depth will look questionable for quite a bit of the offseason. But then, you know, by the time the season comes around, it'll be, it'll be in a decent spot, I think. All right, Dan, this is what I got to know from you. I got to know this. Make, put, put your, put your, your, uh, your neck out on the line for this one. What is your most likely biggest splash for the Ravens, right? Like relative to the Ravens that they will make in this off season. Like as an example, do you think that they get the deal done with Meta BK? Do you think that they get that tier two wide receiver? If you have to, you know, bet the house on it, what's your, what's your bet? Oh, that's a good one. And I don't know. Uh, I'll, let me try here. Um, so I, I do think they will get a top tier running back. I think mm-hmm. that they will. Uh, I don't know if it'll be Derrick Henry or, or Saquon, but I do think they will get someone who is uh, top tier uh, running back from the free agent market. Uh, I think there's been too much smoke about that. You talk about, you know, they were active last year on the trade deadline for it. Um, so I, I think there's too much smoke around that. I think they will will find a way. Um, to, to get a top tier running back um, this offseason, that'd be my guess. Wow! And and who would be the cheaper, the cheapest option of those tier one guys between Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, uh, Josh Jacobs is a name, and even DeAndre Swift. Uh, I think I've seen his name kicked around as well. Yeah, so DeAndre Swift is probably the cheapest out of all of those. You know, you've got um, Swift and Eckler are probably. The below the the top tier, you know, that's got Henry Pollard, Jacob, Saquon. Those those top four are kind of the top. Okay. Uh, I, I would guess that probably Henry's the lowest out of those top four is my guess because of age. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I'm not not 100 sure. It's kind of like pick your flavor a little bit um, with with those guys. Um, but I think you know then you got Eckler and Swift. And then it kind of drops off off a bit, but I do think we could also see some some cuts. So you know, there's been rumblings about you know Mixon or Chubb. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some uh, high you know big name running back cuts as well that that come this offseason. So now I don't care what his injury history is. If you put Nick Chubb, hold on, in Baltimore, is I will he get still his playing? I will get his jersey tomorrow. Is this guy still playing? I mean, that knee. He's that's Wolverine. The, it doesn't even matter. He's not I even guess from this so. Planet. That's the same knee from Georgia, right? That thing I got know. folded. I'm pretty sure it's the same knee tour in Georgia. And then better, it, better. He's, he's going to strengthen him. We can rebuild it. Yep. That's <laughs> right. Uh, Jimbo, love him some some chub. Oh, okay. Good. All right. All right. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at. It. I just am like, geez, dude. How much? How much abuse can one part of your body withstand? Uh, yeah, and that's the you know the big thing with the running backs, right? Big part of the market is that those veteran running backs that they drop off pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. we've, we've seen that a number of times. So, uh, 
So anyone with the injury risk, it, it's it's a pretty big risk to take. So we'll, we'll see. But that'd be my guess is, is a running back. Um, but but I there... think that Justin Medebike is going to be really interesting. Everyone is just assuming it's going to get done and that they're definitely going to lock him up. But it's going to be hard. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, definitely. Hopefully, be. he's happy here, and hopefully, that helps you know with the negotiations. But um, thanks, Aaron Donald, for pushing that one up. That Aaron Donald, market. Chris Jones. You know, his Jones agent go. is in there, like, hey, man. You know, he played like Aaron Donald. He deserves Aaron Donald money. Yeah, that's what I'd be saying if I was his agent. That's for sure. Is there another? Uh, is there an upcoming like deadline or? Because I know the that February nineteenth was like a big one for that dead those dead years to to hit with guys like Zeitler and Aguilar. Is there an upcoming like next date that Ravens fans should be kind of cognizant of that uh, this could be a date somewhere before or at this date we could see some movement for the Ravens? Yeah, yeah, good question. They're going to be coming quickly here. Uh, so the franchise tag window, like I said, was right now and it's it ends uh, March fifth. So uh, they're going to have to make a decision by then. And every team has to be under the cap by March 13th. So if they tag him, they're going to have to make at least that Lamar move by the 13th. So uh, so we're going to see the tag decision and then any kind of um, associated moves by the 13th. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some other moves, regardless of what the tag decision is, uh, by the 13th. So that'll be a big one. Uh, the other big one that, that's coming up is uh, around, uh, let me get the date here, uh, around Ronnie Stanley. Uh, March 17th, he's got a roster bonus of $4 million. So that $15 million we talked about, $4 million of it is going to be paid on March 17th. Mm. So if you don't make a move by March 17th, you're now only going to be saving $11 million. So you want to make your decision by March 17th as far as Stanley and what you're doing with him, which makes it, again, much harder because you won't know if you've got anyone in the draft. You won't know if you got anyone in free agency, if there's other options out there. So uh, so that makes the decision harder with Stanley, So, um, which another is another reason why I think they probably stick it out this year is that is, that's just cutting it too tight. Mm-hmm. So I think after March 17th, if he's still on the team, it'll be uh, more more and more likely that he'll stick around. So, mm. wow, fun! Man, there's a lot coming up in the next three weeks. Um, yep, it's busy time for sure. Yep. Yeah, and do you see any other candidates for the trade or for the um, for the tag on the team outside of Metabike? Like, do you do you look at any other guy going? Oh, I could see the Ravens maybe tagging that guy. Yeah, if they get a deal done, is there any way that they just tag PQ because they want to keep him one more year? Like, does that make any sense? Um, let me look at what the, the, the tag would be for him. Um, let's see. PQ would be, the tag would be, uh, so 24 million. So oh my God. <laughs> no. uh, how did it get so high? I thought the linebacker position was being undervalued. What's going yeah, on? So here? the linebackers, they only have one classification. They, oh, don't, right. they don't differentiate outside linebacker versus inside linebacker when it comes to tags. So, so inside linebackers will never be tagged. They're just again, getting benefited it? like crazy, man. Yeah. Holy so, so sometimes the classifications can help you and sometimes they hurt you. Uh, like yeah. for O-line, they just do one thing. So helps that helps the with, the, with the tackle, but hurt, you know, it hurts when you're trying to tag a center. So, mm. um, so no, I don't think PQ would be a good option as well. Oh. Um, and I don't really think they have any uh, other free agents that are that top of yeah. market. So I think it's really a 
Justin Metabike or or nobody, which there's nothing wrong with not tagging anyone, right? That's not you don't have yeah. to do it. It's yeah, it's really best if you're not. That means you're kind of in a good spot where you're you know signing the people you should sign and not being kind of in a, a an awkward spot where you're having to have a one year deal. So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Mm, man, that's an expensive tag. Got expensive oh. real quick. Yeah. Yep. Well, Don, I'll tell you what, man, it's been an absolute blast having you on the show tonight. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I feel like I've gotten a lot smarter. I learned something right off the jump and learned something absolutely throughout. I want to see uh, our buddy here. Yeah, Don C got to say. Our guy Don C uh, says, boys, James, Glenn, DK, bro, the Ravens lost. Sorry, boys. My therapist said I can watch Ravens content again. Sorry for the hiatus, boys. I'm back. <laughs> Appreciate you coming back out here, Don. It certainly would not be the same not seeing your name in the chat. I'm glad right. uh, you've moved on from the loss. It was a tough one. I mean, look, Dan, you're a Ravens fan, uh, which is makes, you know, having you on all, all the much better that you, you know, have some stake in the game from a fan perspective. How, how did you handle that loss in the AFC championship game? Yeah, it was pretty rough. It was, uh, it was pretty rough. You know, I think the expectations were real high uh, going into the, into the postseason, And um, they, they had a path. Uh, I, I think they kind of, some self-inflicted wounds and it, it was pretty rough. So, um, you know, don't get in the way I, of Taylor Swift. That's all I got to say. <laughs> you know, I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll rebound and, and we'll get another chance, but uh, it was definitely a, a rough one for sure. So, well, Dan, I can't thank you enough for joining us. I, yeah, I, uh, I think you helped out, helped me out a lot. And I th I'm sure Ravens fans in the chat would, would certainly agree, but, um, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, it, if it's okay with you, we'll probably reach out to you, you know, later on in the off season to get you back on after some some of these dominoes fall to kind of get a recap on where they're at. And uh, but yeah, thanks a lot for and guys, D, uh, DP Reese eight on X. You guys can follow him there and keep up I'm to date on on salary cap information. Um, but yeah, Dan, thanks again. Yeah, absolutely, my pleasure, guys. All right, have a good night. You too. All right. So, I mean, I feel a lot smarter here, Jimbo. I mean, he helped me out a lot because I didn't know. Uh, first of all, I I mean, just at the end there, I had no idea that there's not a, a difference yeah, between yeah, inside yeah. and outside linebackers. Or linemen. I didn't know that either about the linemen. You know, kind of same idea. I mean, I know. I remember the famous Jimmy Graham when he was a yeah. tight end and they were trying yeah. to. And he's like, I'm not a damn tight end. I catch right. the football. I want to be tagged like a daggone wide receiver. And uh, man, but that that certainly benefits the inside linebackers, knowing those pass rushers on the outside are helping them get. In, uh, well, and it's something that you also have to strategically maneuver uh, when you're talking about your offensive linemen and your and your inside linebackers, knowing that like it's a deal done or it's you're going to let them walk. That's what it is, you know. But you don't have the extra year, you don't have the extra time, you don't have it, right? So it's just another thing to consider. Uh, but yeah, no, that was great. And then the explanation of the void years was also awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. And any of you guys hopped in late, go back to the beginning of the video. But promise it's worth your time because he really goes into some of the things that we read about. We don't fully understand them, right? So um, I think that was super uh, edifying for, for all of us if you're a fan, if you're a fan yeah. of the Ravens. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Matabike. My gut tells me they get a deal done. This seems like the type of deal that the Ravens uh, will will happily pay for he seems yeah. like the you know one of the few guys that they're gonna invest in right like every year if you guys come up you got your ronnie stanley's of the world obviously your Lamar jackson's your marlon humphreys in recent history like those yeah. are the pillars right so 
um, your Roquan Smiths, right? Like, I don't know if I see the Ravens letting this guy walk unless they believe it was a blip. I mean, that would be the only thing. But if you look at his just his career, he's ascended every I mean, year. He's gotten better. There's no reason not to think that he'll get right. even better this upcoming year. And if you're not going to pay a guy that you draft, you develop, and as soon as he becomes, you know, who, the player you hoped he could be. You let the guy leave. I mean, what's that message sending to the rest of the guys in the locker room? What's the message you're sending to the fan base? I get that you can't pay everyone, but if you're gonna if you're gonna pick and choose, I mean, this has got to be one of the guys you pick and choose. I mean, he's yeah. homegrown. Uh, he he fits the Ravens culture. He's certainly a guy that you, you can be proud of to root for. So yeah, I mean, I, I hope they can find a way to get get it done. I certainly understand the difficulty in it. Um, let's see. Uh, there we go. I'm um, sorry, DK. I was trying to read your message here. Um, yeah. But yeah, Glenn I mean, can't, Glenn can't talk and walk at the same time. He'll nope. trip on his own two feet. Oh, that's why we <laughs> had to have Dan on. I can't even understand. I can't understand these numbers. I, and look, I had to have. Look, I know Dan. Dan graduated from Hopkins. Pierney. Pierney got his. Uh, old Bob Pierney, aka the legend, got his master's at Hopkins, and he's a math teacher for. 500 years and i don't even think he could tell me what all these numbers mean okay jimbo i'm dense all right all right I'm hey, a little it's okay dense. it's all right you know it's all good we all have uh, our strengths okay i'm that's tall right. that's what i have that's i'm right. tall <laughs> i can reach things on top of tall shelves that's what i do Glenn puts that on his resume what's your greatest strength in an interview dude i can reach everything on the top shelf everything <laughs> that's awesome well, i think when i had a blast tonight uh yeah. it's always good to see you guys coming out uh, make sure to stay tuned. We're going to get you prepared for the upcoming events. Of course, we got the combine around the corner. Uh, we got, you know, this gives us an opportunity to review the Ravens as a whole and see kind of what they need to do going into the offseason. Speculation continue, continues to abound in the NFL. So uh, make sure to stay tuned with us. Turn on notifications. Uh, and of course, subscribe if you haven't already. And yeah, then hit go that ahead. bell, guys. Hit that bell because as Don C is saying, you don't know when we're going to pop up on this screen. That's right. You just don't know. We were pretty consistent during the season, but at this point, you don't know when we're going to pop up. So hit That's that right. notification bell so you can keep up to date. Likewise. Uh, yeah, baby number two's around the corner, so you don't know. That's right. If we're going top of the morning, you know, midnight feeding, whenever we're coming on live, mm -hmm. Glenn's going to have sleepies in his eyes, and we're going to be talking Ravens. So make sure you guys mm -hmm. tune in. Talk to you guys soon. Have a great night. See you.